This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. All right, it is uh, 1 o'clock straight up here on the Blitz 1170. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, we'll get into everything that went down. Big week coming up as well. Spring previews all over the place. But I want to take the time to introduce our next guest. And that is the head men's basketball coach at Oklahoma State. He is Mike Boynton joining us now here on the Blitz 1170. You're home for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Coach Boynton, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Weather's nice. It's going to warm up spring. Baseball's going on. Softball's going on. I'm doing well. That's right, but that doesn't mean that things slow down for you, does it, Coach? Because <laughs> it's a <laughs> slow down. There's, no such, there's thing. no such thing in your world anymore uh, when it comes to uh, any type of even when you're not on the court. So you said something a few weeks ago, and I want to start there. Your quote was, "There's going to be a lot of fluidity uh, when it comes to the off season." And so far, Coach, so far so good on that prediction. There has been a lot of it has been fluid, as they say. The situation is so. Just want to get some of your thoughts. On, on where you guys are kind of at right now here on the 17th with everything that's happened since you closed out the regular season and postseason play? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate, first of all, you guys having me, and, and, and obviously that's a topic of, on top of everybody's mind is, um, you know, um, it's not just, you know, what are we recruiting, but the guys that are, you know, transitioning out of the program for whatever reason, and, you know, that, that process is ongoing. Um I expected it um, because it's the nature of college athletics in 2023. Uh, players have a lot of options and have a lot of leeway in how they make their decisions to decide from one year to the other where they want to be. And, you know, we're, we're a part of it. Uh, and, and I, and I, um, I say it all the time. I'm, I'm all for player empowerment and student athletes being able to, you know, uh, have a stronger voice in their decisions. Uh, but I, that also means that on our part, we have to do our due diligence earlier uh, to know, you know, who we may be losing or who we may be able to replace who we're losing with. And our staff's working really hard at it. And obviously, we've already had a few kids uh, from our last year's team announce that they won't be back. Uh, we certainly wish all those kids the best. We support them uh, in those decisions. And as a staff, we've been working tirelessly to try to find the right pieces uh, to fit and so we can put together a, a really competitive team uh, moving into next year. So how do those typ- – typically, Coach, how do those conversations work? You, you know, you start having them at a, at a certain time. But I think we we get into this process sometime where we think everything's just over-the-top negative, and that's not the case because – I mean, you you want what's best for your players, and if that's the decision ultimately that they make, you may not agree with it all the time, but you don't wish any any ill uh, ill upon them and whatever decision that they make moving in the near future. But what what are those conversations like, and how do you start those off? Well, they vary from player to player, uh, family to family, and everybody's situation is a little bit different. Uh, some of the kids are very mature about it, and and they'll they'll set up a meeting with you and, and they'll talk about the desires that they have and whether there's alignment in our programs, uh, the trajectory of where we want to go and, and what they're trying to accomplish individually. And, and some kids avoid you and never talk to you and you read about it. Uh, <laughs> had both happen. Uh, and, you know, I don't like this, the, the latter, not in the sense that the kids owe me anything, but I do think that there's a way uh, that you show that you're a responsible person, that you're a mature person that can handle sometimes difficult conversations. 
Uh, and so I always encourage them, even if they're not going to deliver me great news, let's sit down and talk about it. Because at the end of the day, what I want is to help them, if I'm capable of, finding a place that can more satisfactorily deliver what they're looking for. Uh, and so, you know, I've had it. I've had it where, again, I've, I've sat down with the kid and their family and talked about where we are as a program and where we need to go as a program and how I see that happening and then listen to what they want to have accomplished for them individually, whether that be more playing time or more shots. And a lot of times that's the juxt of most of the kids' conversation. But the truth is we also now have this element of uh, NIL, which mm-hmm. is a factor in college athletics and, and unavoidable. And, um, you know, our program, our administration, we've been, uh, we've been working towards, you know, putting ourselves in a position where our kids are able to take advantage of, opportunities but I, but I'll be honest we're not we're not the most aggressive and we don't necessarily deal with it at an elite level like you hear crazy numbers out there and some of them unfortunately are true uh, and I only say unfortunate not because I don't want kids to make money I do but I want it to be realistic I want it to be in a situation where kids don't leave college and not able to find a job that pays them the type of money that they think they should have been making in college um, and so, you know, each conversation is different. And so now we're in a place now where we're trying to find guys to replace the ones we ha- we've lost. And those conversations are the same. What what do you bring to the table? What can we do to enhance your college experience? What can you do to help us put our program in a position where we're having the success that we expect internally, but also our fans, our alums, our boosters, our people who support the program want to see our program have. One of the things that I do appreciate about you, Coach, at least from your comments, and you said this at the end of the season as well, which was uh, there are times, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you seem to be the type of person that at least is willing to accept looking in the mirror and staring back at that reflection and saying, all right, so what can I do to to get us to another level? It's not just the players. I, I heard a coach a few weeks ago say, well, we put it on the field last year, so that means that we coached it. You translate that to the basketball court as well. So when you had that conversation with yourself and you start to break down the elements of what you think needs to happen next, um, how, how importantly do you take that, that, that look back in the mirror that you see back on what your role is here to try to bring everyone together and bring it to a certain level? Yeah, and I, and I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I, I, I take a look in the mirror every day, and there's always a self-evaluation. And, I mean, I know that there's criticism out there about me, and that's okay. In, in fact, I welcome it uh, because no one's more critical of me and – whether I'm doing the best job that I'm capable of than I am of myself. Uh, And I have high expectations of my ability to do the job well. And so what I've got to do is I've got to put a team together that can be more consistently productive on both ends of the court. And what we found in six years is there's just been too much inconsistency in our performances. Our kids do the right things. They don't really get in trouble that much. They graduate. You know, they represent the university well. I try to lead by example in that regard. But at the end of the day, I know that this thing is about winning, and and that's a big part of how you evaluate a successful coach. It's not the only way, but it's a big part of it. And so um, we've won eight games in our league the last two years. Is that the bar? No, but eight wins is usually a pretty good indicator that you're a pretty good Big 12 team. The team with eight wins or more has usually gotten into the tournament here over the last several years. We want to raise the bar. We don't want to be a team that's talking about squeezing in or 
being on the bubble. And so how do you do that? Well, you got to get to 9, 10, 11 wins. We've done that once. We got to 11 wins the year we had paid, and we got it as a four seed. So how do we put a product on the floor that's competitive enough to do that consistently? And and not just win eight, but win nine, win ten, take care of your home court. We knew we've lost too many home games. Like those are the things that I'm looking at myself about. How do I, as the leader, as the guy who's setting the tone for what the expectations are, enforce these ideals and make sure we have people from my staff all the way down through the roster that understand the, the level of urgency that we have to operate at on a daily basis. I think when you are uh, the type of individual uh, that either has to be artistically creative or uh, the leader of, of young men like yourself and the leader of a program, you know, I find myself sometimes, Coach, where I, I also do the self-evaluation and I try not to be overly critical of myself because then I find like I'm, I'm, I'm piling on because no one is as critical of myself as what I am. So I kind of struggle with that mentally at times. How, how do you handle that? Do you just have that moment where, all right, let's get it out on the self-evaluation part? Do you, do you sit there and kind of stew in it a while? Just from a personal standpoint, how do you move forward with the self-evaluation? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. In fact, I, I don't dwell on much of anything, uh, but I'm very direct um, with myself and, and what I need to get done. And then for me, it's about, all right, are you capable of doing it? Then let's go out and do it. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, you don't wallow in it. I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not losing sleep over it, but I'm very like, okay, so tomorrow, this is what needs to be accomplished. And, and if it doesn't get accomplished, this is the consequence of it. And so I have to set that tone for myself and for our players. So yeah, the self-criticism comes and then it goes to, proactively trying to fix what I think the issues are and not necessarily, you know, feeling like I'm piling on myself, but just being honestly uh, critical of the things that I know need to improve. Few days ago, well, it's more than a few days ago now, but we go back and you were talking about the new signees, this current class that's coming in. It's going to be the first time in a while, Coach, that we're going to have this many freshmen that are on campus uh, that we see kind of walking around. But I'll, I'll give you a few moments to really tell us what you love about this incoming class that you have that's just full of absolute potential uh, with some really quality young men. Oh, man, I, I love this class. It makes me uneasy to think that we're going to still try to, to to do this thing in a traditional sense where you get a bunch of young guys in here, you develop them. Uh, I think that when you talk about what we're talking about as a staff, we got to help these young guys come along, and we got to find some experienced players to help them understand what, what college basketball is like, the work that it takes, the preparation that it takes to be successful. But there's no doubt in my mind that they're talented enough to have an impact on winning at Oklahoma State. And I'll start with a kid like, Connor Dow from Broken Arrow, who's six seven, who can shoot as well as anybody that I've coached, and that's to include Phil Porte and Tom Zagler here, and some other guys who could really shoot uh, at previous institutions. A tremendously high character kid who really cares about basketball, really cares about winning, really cares about his teammates. Led his team to a state championship appearance. They didn't win it, but they got to the state championship game this year. Uh, and somebody with with a lot of upside. Um, we're excited about him. Jamiron Keller, another kid who played in the state championship game, didn't win uh, down in Texas. He goes to Colleen Ellison High School. Uh, he's about 6'2". He's a combo guard. Uh, he'll bring back a little bit of Isaac Likely thoughts in the way he's built, uh, but his game's a little bit different. He's a little bit more dynamic with the ball, shoots it from the outside quite a bit better, uh, and there's another really competitive kid. Um, 
And then Justin McBride, also from Plano, Texas. He's about 6'8". He's a combo forward. He can play the three and the four. Really, really skilled. Is a really good passer. Uh, can play inside and out from a skill standpoint. Uh, Eric Daly, our most recent signee, uh, kid from IMG County down in Florida. A uh, kid who I've known probably longer than any kid I coached because, quick Eric Daly story, I was a high school, uh, I played college basketball in South Carolina. His mom was an assistant coach on the women's staff at the time. Uh, in fact, Eric Daly was born in South Carolina when I was in college. And so I've known him literally since he came out of his mother's room <laughs> um, and uh, have had an opportunity to continue to get to know the kid, coach him at USA Basketball last year, and a kid who's done really, really well, you know, making himself better. Both of his parents played, uh, played professional basketball. His dad actually played at TCU for Mo Iba um, and was a really good player there. And so this kid's grown up around basketball his whole life. Uh, he's got a lot of experience with USA, and it's, he's just going to be a really, really critical piece as we transition into this next season. He's he's probably the, one of the guys who has the chance to have the most impact. He's a little bit more mature. Um, and then, you know, kind of the crown jewel, if you will, is, is the in-state uh, player of the year, Brandon Garrison, McDonald's All-American. Uh, Brandon's about 6'10", probably about 225 right now is what I would guess. Uh, he's received pr- just about every accolade you can in the state and a lot of national honors. Uh, he also played on that gold medal team with USA Basketball last summer. And the thing about Eric, I mean, uh, about Brandon, is the best thing that he does, which is uncanny for a kid his size and his age, is he's a tremendous passer for a, a post player. Uh, so, you know, I know people expect big guys to just get 25 points and 15 rebounds. Well, he's going to be the type of guy that can get six or seven assists. Uh, he can move his feet well, and, and, and is going to be a really good player. So, you know, I don't know what the rating is. We don't really pay attention to that as much as we do the evaluation and the fit and what they can do to impact us. But, but needless to say, we're excited about the whole group. Uh, we hope we can keep them together. We know in this climate, you know, that's why it makes you uneasy. Guys don't really stick it out and, and go through that process. But we think we've identified the type of character of men, young men, that, that want to get better, that are, that are dying to, to be coached and want to win at a high level. Okay, you, so you said character, and Mike Boynton's our guest here on the Blitz 1170. I, I want to tie that in with the level of, of youth that you have that's coming in. And you said now we need some older guys to kind of help them through this process. So in, just outside of on the floor, the dynamics of on the court and, and seeing if they're a fit, what are the characteristics that you're looking for just in young men in general that you know that you're going to have to rely on to kind of bring them together, this young group together, that you're looking at through someone through the portal? Uh, basketball is one thing, but you have to be a quality person, exhibit signs of leadership. What fits that to you, Coach? What are the things that you look for? Well, with, with these guys, because, you know, recruiting a high school kid is like, you know, it's like dating for a long time and then getting married, right? You just have much more time to get to know them, you know, and, and there's still things that once you move in together, you learn about them that you maybe didn't know. But this whole portal recruiting is like, it's like speed dating. And, and, and it's, uh, it's quick. It's sometimes a process that takes, for instance, like I recruited Brandon Garrison for four years. You know, some of these guys we're going to recruit for four weeks and hope that we can <laughs> find a match. And so, some more of the external things you need to try to jump in on. 
what what kind of family does he come from? Uh, what kind of teammate was he at the place he previously played at? Will you get some information from the coaches he played for and the, and the type of person he was when their team was in a tough spot on a two-game losing streak or how he did when he had success or how he did when his teammates had success. Uh, so you're really trying to dig into the character of the type of teammate um, and, and the coachability aspect because those are the things that are really make a difference between you winning – you know, 17 or 18 games or getting to that 25, 26 win threshold that we're trying to get ourselves to where you're really relevant in the NCAA tournament. How do you do that in that time frame, Coach? Because, and, and forgive me if it doesn't matter in basketball, but I, but I know in football sometimes through some of the research that I saw was I know staffs, they, they scour, they see a name, and then they just, you know, make one quick phone call to the head coach or to someone that's in charge of recruiting and say, hey, this kid, I think we should we should make an offer now because they found out that the faster the offer comes, the better opportunity that you have. Is it that same instance in basketball as well? You see a kid, you've got to get, you got to get your name out involved with him quickly, and then that kind of complicates the process of trying to figure out who the young man actually is. Well, I think it actually gives you more time. And I, you know, obviously people tell me about kids we're involved with all the time that I've never heard of. Um, but maybe somebody on our staff, you know, reached out to a coach that he knows and it gets out on the Internet. Um, but, yeah, we try to jump in there and learn as much as we can. And we have an idea of who we need to fill, you know, with specific roles. Like we know we're in the market for a point guard right now, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We know we need some more size and depth on our front line right now because otherwise we're saying we're going to live and die with our three freshman forwards to just carry us through the year. That's not realistic. Um, but we, we're pretty good, you know, with our wings. And so uh, we're kind of narrowed in terms of position of what we're looking for. And now it's finding the right fit, you know, from a size or skill set standpoint. And then you start digging into the character piece and you start calling this, maybe even this high school coach. Uh, maybe you call his AU coach. Uh, maybe you're, you have somebody on your team who played with them somewhere before that knows uh, someone who's really influential with their lives. Uh, maybe it's a, a grandparent or something like that. And so as a staff, we just try to gather as much intel as possible. And we reach, try to get every touch point we can on someone who can give us the most accurate information about what these kids are like away from the basketball court and what they're like outside of the games and what they're like in practice and what they're like on campuses, uh, and sometimes red flags come in and you kind of back off or you pull out altogether. Um, and, and so it's, it's just a constant process of, of information gathering that, like I said, this one happens much at a much faster rate because these kids are also trying to make decisions. You know, right now I think there's 15 or 1,600 Division I basketball players in the transfer portal. I think there were only like 5,200 Division I players that played college basketball last year. Mm. You're thinking about like a third of the players who played the sport are transitioning one way or the other. Which I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but, you know, I know that there's opportunity for both parties, right? Kids can find schools that benefit them, and, you know, we can find kids that maybe benefit what we're looking for as we proceed into next season. I'm always, I always get a kick out of it when I get suggested. <laughs> some days I'll get a suggestion that we should recruit 15 different guys, you know? Like every kid – Hey, we need to go after this guy. We need to go out. Okay. And then I get the same people saying, why are we losing two or three guys? 
And the truth is, we can't get two or three guys if we don't lose two or three guys. We certainly can't get 15 yeah. at any point. So um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's that balance you strike. And I get people excited and they want to see you know, information out there, but, but patience sometimes is, is, is uh, truly a virtue. All right, last one from me, and this goes back to something you said off the top with the landscape. Are you comfortable with where you're at in terms of the aggressive nature or uh, a lack of, or are you right in the sweet spot with where you want to be with Oklahoma State through NIL? Do you think that there needs to be um, maybe some more elevated efforts, or do you like what's happening right now? Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just the type of person to have a growth mindset in everything. And so I'm, I'm never satisfied with anything that we're doing because until we win the national championship, we can be doing better. That's right. And when we win a national championship, I want to win another one. And so there's never going to be a pl- time and place where I say, what we're doing is fine. We don't need to do anything more. And so that that's even with an IL. I think we, we're light years from where we were two years ago when it started. I don't think we really had an idea of how to even get it off the ground. Uh, and now we have an idea, and we know what the marketplace looks like. And so we need to continue to, to, to find ways to be creative uh, so that you know, student-athletes understand that, that we can be competitive uh, with, with anybody in the country when it comes to that. The same as we did when we went on a facilities uh, uh, deal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't get to a place where we said, you know, we don't like where we are from a football standpoint. Let's get the stadium. No, we said, okay, how do we improve tennis? And how do we improve baseball? And how do we improve wrestling now? And how do we improve softball now? That they, you know, there's a constant evolution of how to get better. And I, I think as a competitor uh, in anything in life, if you don't have that mindset, eventually you're just not going to compete at all. That's right. And so from an NIL standpoint, I like that we're making progress, but I think we need to always be thinking of ways to even improve what we're doing even if we become the team that's doing it the best, then you're trying to stay ahead of the competition. And so if, if you don't think that way, eventually you'll get caught in pass and, and you may, ne- may, may never be able to recover. That translates to everything in life, right, Coach? You can always get better. You can be a better father. You can be a better husband. Yes. You, you can be a better talk show yes. host. You, every single day <laughs> you, you should have something that you're trying to improve on or at least learn from mistakes in the past. Because if you're not, you get stagnant, and then you start falling into the traps of bad habits. I, I like the mentality. I don't no think doubt. there's any other mentality to have and a way to live your life in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, again, we won, we won 15 games last year. We won 20 games this year. Like, that's not the bar. There's progress there. Um, we finished fourth in the league. Two years ago, we finished fifth in the league last year. No, that's not the bar. I, I want to. I want to finish first. I want to win a Big Twelve championship. And so, if we get to be second next year, and we make it to the second round of the tournament, Sweet Sixteen, I'm c- going to come on the show a year from now and talk about, man, what do we do to get to the last weekend? How do we get to the final game? And then again, when we do that, I want to figure out how to get back there because I want this program to be great, truly great again. Coach, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for coming on with us here in Tulsa. Always an open door for you anytime that you want to jump on. And, uh, man, we'll have to do this again soon. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the rest of the day. Uh, you too. That is uh, Mike Boyden, the head men's basketball coach at Oklahoma State. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.